0: Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible said that he alone was worthy of our every praise. I want to take a moment to uh, mention that some of our folks are in rehab centers right now. Some of them have come home after extended stays. But we still have uh, some more of our church family who are sick and battling complications beyond their human control. So it would bless my heart and it would bless them if you would remember them in your prayer. In your private time, we pray for them corporately, but in your private time, I'd encourage you to remember them in prayer. It's a real joy to see all of you that are present here today in the house of God. You ought to give yourselves a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Blessed today to have some of our friends visiting all the way from Bladenboro with us today. Mr. Oliver Goss. Man, my good friend Jeff, a joy to have you guys today with us in the house of the Lord. Thanking God for your presence. Amen. I want to preach to you today, if you'll allow me, just about, oh, about as long as Elizabeth Taylor who was the last husband. Not long. How about that? Amen. If you'll stand, we'll glean from the Word of God together. Found in the words of the preacher, the wise man Solomon. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes, Brother Anthony, as we carefully examine the words written in the pages of Ecclesiastes, we understand that Solomon was one of the wisest men that ever lived. His life somewhat paralleled that of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the defining point that really separated them as individuals was one word. That's integrity. 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 Wholesome character is what separated the wisdom of Solomon and Jesus Christ. So in Ecclesiastes chapter twelve, verses thirteen and fourteen, the word of God states this let us hear the conclusion of of the whole matter fear God and keep his commandments for this is man's all for God will bring every work into judgment including every secret thing whether good or evil let us pray eternal God our Father It's in this present moment that we humble ourselves to give you thanks for your goodness in each of our lives. We thank you for health and for strength. We thank you for prosperity and for provision. We thank you for the gift of your Son who gave to us the gift of eternal life. Now, Lord God, bless your word as it goes forth this morning. May it embed in the hearts and minds of all listeners. And as we near the close of another year, help us reflect on what's really important. Help us, Father God, to channel our energy into presenting your Son, Jesus, to our darkened world. We bless you for these and all things in advance. God's church shouted amen and amen. I want to use a thought in your presence today. What really matters? What really matters? We focus on a number of things that only fade or fizzle out. But the plain things are the main things. And the main things become the plain things. Solomon in conclusion near the end, or the finish of his life. He resolves that it is worth it to live a life in obedience and honor to God. Now we know God blessed this man to write some of the educational passages in the scripture. A lot of information in Proverbs, a lot of information in Ecclesiastes and we understand again that next to Jesus Christ he was possibly one of the wisest human beings that ever lived he understands it's worth it to live a life to honor and obey God because this is what pleases the Lord and this is what fulfills man's destiny would you agree with me that life comes at you fast Anybody, anybody ever been in an accident? Would you agree that life comes at you fast? And out of nowhere, your life could be turned upside down? This is true, my friend. One of the great presidents of this country, Theodore Roosevelt, the 26th president of the United States of America. In 1880, he writes a letter to his brother. In this letter, he exclaims, My happiness is so great that it makes me almost afraid. Well, why would Teddy say that? Because life came at him fast. Well, he got married. In that year, he wrote a book. He went to law school and won his first election to public office. He considered that year... As one of the best years of his life. Some folks said good things come in bunches. It certainly appeared so in Teddy Roosevelt's life. Right? But in just a short time, four years later, on February 12th, his first daughter was born. But just two days later, his beloved wife died of Bright's disease. That's a disease that affects the kidneys. Only hours earlier, his mother-in-law died on the same day of typhoid fever. So in a book, Teddy Roosevelt writes on February 14th with a big X. and he says the light has gone out in my life you see how fast life can change and it can come at you in a hurry it can matter of fact change in a split second and for no reason at all As a matter of fact, those whom we've loved and held so dear can suddenly disappear. We can look like the picture of health in one moment and have a deadly sentence pronounced over us in the next. That's why we need to focus on what really matters. Not get hung up on trivial matters that produce nothing. So as sad as it is, Solomon didn't give heed to his own advice. As a matter of fact, the Bible said he loved many women. Okay? And these women led him away from God. So life definitely came at Solomon fast. But here's the great news. Teddy bounced back. Theodore Roosevelt bounced back. How can you say that, Pastor? Because in the pages of this country's history, we see that he became not only a great father and a husband, but he became a great leader. He became a great leader because he poured his energy into what really matters. What really matters. And for two terms, from the years of 1901 to 1909, he dedicated his life in service to this great country. Some folks say, well, he didn't really serve like two full terms. No, that's because President McKinley was assassinated. And then he stepped in to fulfill the remainder of that term and was reelected for another four years. So for almost eight years, he poured him, he emptied himself into becoming a great leader, a great father, and a great husband. Let me help us understand something today. Servant leadership Is not just a nice concept. It's not just uh, a picture-perfect idea. Servant leadership was something that was modeled for us by the greatest human that ever lived. And that person was Jesus Christ. Amen? Y'all mighty quiet for a wholeness bunch. Praise the Lord. But the truth of the matter is this. You will never be an effective leader Until you are first a humble servant. Never be an effective leader. Until you are first a humble servant. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 10 and 11. Each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Do you believe that every Christian has a gift? Come on, I'm talking about what really matters. Do you believe that every person born that has received the wonderful gift of salvation, do you believe that in them God has deposited a gift? This is what the Word of God says. It's not what I said. This is what the Word of God said. And they're given that we may receive, amen, instruction. They're given that God may receive the attention and the glory. Not that we would get it, but that God would receive the attention and glory that he deserves. And God distributes gifts among the beloved saints of God so that his church will ultimately bring glory unto him. Did Paul not say in the New Testament writing that we are many members but one body? Amen. Many members but one body. And when we look at our own human bodies, We understand that it has many faculties, arms, legs, eyes, ears, nose, but it forms one body. And this is the reason that God distributes gifts among the many members of his body, the church, so that he ultimately receives the glory. Can I tell you that being a servant of God really matters? Being a servant of God really matters. The word servant comes from the Greek word doulos, D O U L O S, doulos. It means a slave, a bond servant. It means one who sets aside all rights to serve someone else. Look at Mark 10:45. Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Sister Yasha sings that song, Let Me Tell You About My Jesus. Jesus said, I am come to seek and to save all that which was lost. Jesus tells us that he came to do the will of his Father. Jesus tells us that he did not come to be served, but to serve. So as Christians, should we be sitting back waiting to be catered to? Or should we be found serving? Oh, I got some amens in my sack somewhere. Should we be found serving? This is the word of God. This is the definition right here. Mark 10, 45. This is the definition of true greatness. And being great is not defined as being the Lord over someone. It literally means having the humility and the willingness to serve under somebody. That's what it means. Amen. So the scripture implies that Jesus didn't come for us to roll out the red carpet. Jesus didn't come. For us to lavish him with the finest resources of earth. Jesus came to serve. And ultimately to give his life as a ransom for many. It's the greatest attitude that we could ever possess. That same attitude that is modeled by Jesus Christ himself. Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 and 7. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. This is the greatest transformation that humanity has ever witnessed. Do you know any other deity? I'm not going to say God because there's only one. I'm going to say a deity. That's something that somebody has risen to heavenly glory. But do you know any other deity in any other faith, Brother Mickey, that would have stripped himself of the fullness of his glory and came down to earth in the form of a bond servant to save a wretch like you and a wretch like me do you know any other deity that would have done it no because of the glory and the majesty that surrounds the position and the title but Jesus stripped himself of that reputation and came in the form of a bond servant in the likeness of men. I said it last Sunday. It bears repeating. Amen. It's when a deity. Incarnation is when a deity embodies human form. And not only is Jesus 100% man. But he's 100% God. He stripped himself of his majestic royal likeness in the presence of God. And he came to earth in the form of a bond servant. Oh my, he didn't have to be forced into doing it. You say, Pastor, come on now. I mean, I don't know many people that have reached a position that want to go back down a rung on the ladder. Let me tell you something. Jesus went all the way. Hey, amen, somebody. Jesus went all the way, occupying a throne at the right hand of God his Father. But saw the urgency in humanity that they needed a Savior. And Jesus, amen, disrobed of his royal majestic glory and came to earth in the lowest state known to man so that you and I could be free somebody ought to give God praise in this place yeah I want to tell you he voluntarily submitted himself to the authority of God his father and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit confining himself to a human body all because he cared more about the plight of humanity than he did himself that's right Jesus cared more about us than he cared about himself. And I hear people say all the time, I love the Lord. I said, you can't tell it in your actions. I hear people say all the time, I love Jesus. It's not displayed in your attitude. I can't tell it by your commitment. Come on, somebody. It's quiet in here now. But the truth of the matter is, for all that Jesus did for us, it should be nothing for us to give our all to Him. That's right. For all He did to us, it should be a minor sacrifice for us to give our all to Him. Christ understood that serving others Is the essence of ministry. Isn't that right? You know I hear all these titles that are put on spiritual hierarchy. And I hear titles like bishop. And I hear titles like apostle. And I hear titles like prophet. You know. And certain faiths acknowledge them. And they give them special reference and and honor. I, I, I understand all that. I understand all that. I'm just Terry Oxendine, and I just want to be all that Jesus has called me to be. Amen? I don't, I don't need uh, an entourage uh, when I go somewhere to speak. I don't, you know, I don't need bodyguards. Hello, somebody. Come on, y'all. I'm, I'm just here in the name of the Lord, and I recognize every day of my life that I'm nothing but He's everything. Come on, y'all. God has served us by sacrificing and sending His Son. So then we should feel compelled to serve others by sharing the gospel message and even, even living our lives in a manner that it benefits others. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power. And in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us. And of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. You want to know what? The Thessalonican believers, they experienced much affliction when their faith was tested. But did you read the back half of that verse? There's a three-letter word called joy. Amen. You might be going through a hardship, Brother Chris. Amen. It just might look like the end of the road is approaching rapidly. But let me tell you something. In the end, if we're going to hold on and we're going to remain faithful, Faithful, and we're going to stay committed. Amen. We're going to receive joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. That's the reason I differentiate between happiness and joy. There's some folk happy because they got tickets to Disney World. There's some folk happy because they're going on a cruise. But let me tell you something. I got joy in my heart today in knowing my name is pinned in the Lamb's Book of Life. And knowing that my sins have been forgiven and they've been washed away by the blood of heaven's precious lamb yeah being a servant of God really matters I told my wife when I died I didn't want no fancy inscription on my tombstone come on matter of fact save the insurance money cremate me I won't be there no how I'm not going to be lying there for folk to walk by and gawk at me he don't look he don't He don't look the same. Nobody looks the same dead as alive. Hello? Hallelujah. Use it to bless somebody. I want to tell you that the, Thess- the Thessalonican believers, even though they experienced much affliction in the time that their faith was tested, they received joy on the back half because their response to suffering served as an example to us. Thank God the Bible said these were written for our examples. Do you believe that God's word, amen, is the final say? Do you believe that within the pages of God's word lie the answers to all the questions of life? Do you believe that? Then we understand very clearly when we read of the sufferings of the church at Thessalonica and how they rebounded or how they responded with joy. What should it do for us? Come on, y'all! I said, "What? What want you to do for us?" It shows as the supportive evidence that if God did it for them, He can do it for us. Hello, somebody. There are some things that I only have the account of Scripture, Amen, to base uh, what I know that God has done upon. I've never lost a child. I've, I've never buried any children. So I can't tell somebody that's lost a child, I know how you feel. I can't tell them that. But i tell you what I can tell them. I've been saved and I can tell you how to know Jesus. I've been healed and I can tell you, hey somebody, I can tell you from that personal experience. But there are other things that I have yet to be exposed to that I cannot even witness of. Only through the account of Scripture. Being a servant of God really matters. From Isaiah chapter 42 to Isaiah 53, in your leisure I would love for you to read those chapters. Because in those chapters, Scripture records four servant songs. They describe the servant of the Lord. And what those songs reveal should resonate within our spirits as beloved children of God. So do you believe today that being a servant of God really matters? I walked in here bright and early one Sunday morning. We were preparing for morning worship service. It was a dear saint who was assembled in the house of God on that Sunday morning. I walked in, and they looked at me and said, you need to pick up that paper off that floor. You know you saw it. I said, excuse me? They said, you the pastor. I know you saw that piece of paper on the floor. You ought to pick it up. I said, sister, my Bible tells me whatsoever your hands find to do, you do it. Y'all looking at me real strange. Oh, you thought I was going to let that sleeping dog lie? Not a chance. You think I wasn't going to come back with the word of God? Not a chance. Because here's what I said if I bought up a $100 bill and threw it in the floor, they'd have to call an ambulance. me somebody. I said, if I threw a hundred dollar bill down in that floor, just as soon as you can make out what it was, there would be a mad dash. There would be a scramble for the cash. But because it was trash, she said, you the pastor, you ought to get it up. It was in that instant I said, hey, hold on just a second. The Bible said not tarry one and one, but the word of the living God. The Bible said, whatsoever your hands find to do, you do it. Y'all have picked that paper up before I walked in here. It was probably a setup. Come on, somebody. It was probably a setup just to see if I'd pick it up. I'm going to fool some of y'all one Sunday morning. I might take some money under your seat. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'd love to do. I'd love to get Brother Chris to hotwire some of these seats. Yeah. I'd love to have some electric voltage running through them. And after I felt you'd sponged enough, I'd hit the... Hey, glory to God. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I got to move on. Uh, Do you really believe that being a servant of God matters? I didn't think you had to be saved to fry chicken. I didn't think you had to be saved to be a part of the lawn maintenance team. I didn't think you had to call a board meeting, amen, to tell folk they couldn't clean the church if they didn't belong to Jesus. But it happens. It happens more so than you know. So then you might ask the question, Pastor, what does being a servant of God mean? What does it mean? Throughout the New Testament, Paul refers to himself as a servant of Jesus Christ. You getting this? Let's look at Jude chapter 1 and verse 1. Jude a bondservant, hear that word again? Bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. To those who are called sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Anybody know who Jude was? He's the half-brother of Jesus. And who did he just refer him to himself as? A bond servant of Jesus Christ. There were a number of influential persons in the Bible, Brother Robbie, who referred to themselves in this manner Jesus' family, his friends, his apostles. They referred to themselves in this manner rather than capitalizing on their relationship with Jesus when they referred to themselves as being a servant of Christ or a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ this was implying that Jesus is lord are you with me Oh, you've seen those important people. I mean, we, we, we got them in every town, every nook and cranny. Look, it don't have to be a town. It can be somewhere like Random, where the town name is on both sides of the same sign. And the cops stop you and you'll remark, "You know, do you, do you do you excuse me? Do you know who I am? Listen, I'm going to tell you when we stand in the judgment." Who you know other than Jesus won't do you any good. The gentleman told me a story several years ago where a prominent Lumberton business person had a chauffeur, and they were in another state and they were consuming alcoholic beverages. And they were stopped by, they were stopped by an enforcer of the law. And the young man, when the officer summoned him to step out of the car, he said, This person told me I couldn't get no more tickets. That law enforcement officer said, I don't care what they told you. You getting a ticket today. If I told y'all who that was, everybody's eyebrows would raise. So I'm going to keep that under my hat. We think we can know somebody and get out of every kind of trouble there is. Y'all might as well help me. We think the higher up the ladder that we go, that knowing somebody will get us out of any kind of trouble we get ourselves in. But let me tell you something. Jesus is the only Lord of my life. Are you hearing me, saints of God? And as long as I know Jesus, that's all I need to know. Hey, somebody, because as Christians and as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, we know who our king is, don't we? And our primary desire every single day of our lives is to honor and glorify him, the one who gave us freedom. Look at First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, "For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's." Anybody know who bought you? Jesus, we are the purchased possession. Of God through the said blood of his son, the Lord Jesus. Somebody ought to find a good place to shout right there. When they're trying to take the blood out of every Christian song lyric in the world, they're trying to take it out of books and magazines alike. Amen. Andre Crouch said, the blood will never lose its power. The blood will never lose its power. That's another something I can't explain. Amen. Amen. I don't know how we're going to know each other in heaven. Don't ask me to explain that. I'm going to leave that to God. Zach, I only know the Bible said we shall know as we are known. Come on, somebody. So so, so there's another mystery of which I have no explanation. And what's that? How God can take a black heart, wash it with red blood, and make it white as snow. Y'all ain't want to help me. Hallelujah to God. Only God can do it. Amen. Only God. But what does it mean to be a servant of God? 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Peter says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's why you've witnessed folks watch a clip from The Passion of the Christ and get up and walk out of this sanctuary because they couldn't take the cruel punishment that was given to our Lord. But then my next line of questioning is, if you love Jesus, why not serve Him? Come on, if you love Jesus, why are you not serving Him? Oh, my somebody. We are that purchase price. We were slaves. Who have been bought and paid for. With the sinless spotless perfection. Of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He has now become our master. Our savior. And our Lord. And in his word. He has given us instructions. That he expects those of us. Who know him. To profess. His name. Isn't that right? I'm going to tell you, you're a sad Christian when somebody meets you on the street and say, you're still in the church, ain't you? Come on, somebody. I say, you're a sad Christian. When somebody meets you on the street and say, you're still in, it ain't whether or not you're in the church. The church is just a building. Come on, somebody. Is, is Jesus still living in you? Come on now. Come on. Because I believe our spirits will bear witness. And we won't have to ask somebody, are they a Christian? We will know by their behavior. We will know by their attitude. Oh, this is better preaching than y'all responding. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 5. Listen is what the Bible says. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Take authority over everything that exists in the world that exalts itself above the truth of God's word. You don't have to argue with people over the Bible. Come on, God's the best. Defense attorney there ever was. Johnny Cochran ain't got nothing on him. Hello? Kardashian don't have nothing on him. He's the best defense attorney that's ever lived. Pastor, why are you, why you... Why are you telling us this? Because when you are a servant of God, you take authority over everything that exalts itself above. Don't be scared to tell somebody that's a lie. Gentleman said to me, "Uh, Pastor, there's not much difference in what you believe and what I believe. I said, well, first off, I'm going to have to know what you believe. And he said to me, I believe the Torah. And our Mohammed is like your Jesus. And I said, no, he ain't. Excuse me for my English. (laughs) Lord, help me. But, But I was like my former pastor in the barbershop. Something swelled up in me. I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to keep it on the down low. I was going to mind my own business and not say nothing but the moment that he said amen ain't much difference between your Bible and our Torah and really amen Allah and your God are the same thing and Jesus and Mohammed are much the same I said the devil is a lie no he ain't amen Jesus went to a tomb amen he was crucified and he rose again the third day morning if you go yonder to where they laid him you won't find any residue that he was ever there but your Mohammed he's rotting in a tomb somewhere don't tell me don't tell me I said I'll give you a Bible I'm going to give you a Bible I wasn't ugly I I, I didn't get irate or even hostile but when something swelled up in me I couldn't hold it I couldn't hold it anymore Because the Bible said, whosoever believes that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God is damned already. Is that the word of God? That's the word of God. So if you sit in circles and you entertain that mess and you don't say nothing, then evidently you are not a servant of God. I don't have to get mean, ugly, irrational, hostile, whatever. I can state the truth of God's word and that's it. Amen. Amen. So pastor, how how do I maintain as a servant of God? 1 Peter chapter 1, 14 through 16. As obedient children, not conforming ourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy. Watch this, watch this. In all your They better not push the wrong button. They about to see that side God's still working on. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Is that the word of God? You say, hold on now, pastor. You better check yourself. You better wreck yourself. Hold on now. Hold on. The word of the Lord said, be angry. But don't sin. We got, a, we got some social angerers. You know like them social drinkers. Now pastor, I, I got to help you here. Because the Bible don't say that drinking is a sin. No it doesn't. God in heaven, you don't know how many times I told the Lord I wished it did. You don't know how many times I told God, Lord... I wish you just could have been more clear-cut on this. But, but Lord, you, you, you weren't. And what you told us was that drunkenness is a sin. Now, some of y'all don't know the definition between drinking and drunkenness. So I'm about to help you. I'm about to fix this. I've never seen one person who couldn't hold their liquor. Never. Every person that I've ever talked to told me they could sociably drink. And in a few hours, they couldn't have beat themselves out in a wet paper bag. (laughs) I'm just trying to help somebody. There's some other matters, too, and I'm getting there. Y'all don't go crawling under the pew on me because people ask you this as a pastor all the time. And another famous one is gambling. Well, Preacher, the Bible don't say Gambling. Is a no, no. Not specifically, not directly, does the Bible say that gambling is a sin? But let me help you. Throughout the pages of God's word, you will find Jesus echoing over and over and over. Stay away from that stuff. Amen. That's going to lead you, glory to God, to lose control of who you are. Stay away from that stuff that promotes all that prosperity because all it's going to do is lead you to want more and more and more. Somebody said, Pastor, you mean to tell me that if you won, there ain't no danger me winning the lottery, I don't play. Ain't no danger. gentleman asked me one night, he said, so you telling me that if someone won the lottery, and they wanted to pay tithe at your church that you wouldn't receive it. I said, brother, I don't have individuals at the back of the church asking people where he got it from. I don't have us just standing, hey, 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 where'd you get this money? You've been chicken fighting, dog fighting, where'd you get this money? <laughs> Didn't not the Bible say in Psalm twenty four and one, the earth of the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Is that not what the Word of God said, Brother Jerry? Some of y'all are going to get mad with me. Well, you can get right with God. You can get mad with me, but you can get right with God. Because if you don't believe that Jesus addresses this matter, then you haven't read the Bible. Hey, hey, Be careful now, Pastor. Be careful. No, I don't have to be careful. I know what the Bible said. The Bible said, for the love of money is the root of all How many rich folk you ever seen that didn't want to be richer? Oh, my. So, Pastor, what what's Peter telling us? Peter said, pursue holy living. Pursue holy. I, I, I don't think I see Jesus. I, don't see, I won't see Jesus standing in the sundew wanting to get scratch-offs. I just can't see it to save my life. I heard a brother say in a gospel concert one night, he said, folk talk about the lottery like it's a sin. He said, I don't see no wrong with it. I said, oh, Father. He said, it's helping the school system, and it's helping you. And I said, what school have you seen built through the educational lottery? I hadn't seen any improvements in any schools in this county, have you? And from what I've seen, all, that, all the lottery does is make poor people poorer. Oh, some of y'all ain't going to ride that steed with me. i got to move on. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Paul writes to the church at Rome. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, amen, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that I, somebody say, old man, Oh, I ain't even convicted of that. I said, say old man. old man. That's generic. It means woman too. Was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. Peter said, pursue holy living. Paul said, daily crucify the lust of the flesh. Anybody getting this? Oh, now let's go to the book of Revelation. Chapter 22 and verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come lord jesus peter said pursue holy living paul said daily crucify the lust of the flesh john the revelator said keep your eyes peeled for the returning king come on somebody wow glory to god keep your eyes peeled for the returning king amen eagerly await the return of your master Heard somebody ask a local preacher one time, well, preacher, the Bible said that Jesus was coming. Amen. they are going to be two in the field and one would be taken and another called away. Preacher, the Bible said they are going to be two in the bed. One would be taken and another called away. He said, I'm, 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 I'm just kind of lost on this one. Preacher, is God coming in the night or the day? And the preacher said, both. Because in one hemisphere, it's going to be daylight. But in the other, it's going to be dark. So you might as well buckle up and get ready. Because soon and very soon, the Lord is coming. That's right. Amen. He said he's coming like a thief in the night. Isn't that what Jesus said? Oh, my. So now you want to ask the all-important question. You want to ask the all-important question. How can I serve God? Musicians are coming. How can I serve God? We should all ask that question. We should all ask it. How can I perform the duties or services for another? To obey and to worship, to act in conformity to His superior, and to treat Him with reverence. This is how that we serve God. We serve God by using the gifts distributed to us in service to the body of Christ. This is how. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints. For the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. So I want to ask you a question. Are you a builder? Are you a builder? Or are you part of a demolition crew? Because if you're not a builder, if you're not working to edify the body of Christ, then you're tearing it down. There's only one or two things we can be. We can be saved or lost. We can be a builder. We can be part of a demolition crew. Come on, somebody. This is just the truth. There's no gray area. We're either for him or we're against him. Am I right? We're either for him or against him. Every Christian has a gift. Every Christian. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. Every Christian has a gift. There are diversities of gifts. That means many different kinds, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Is this the Bible, saints of God? It's the Word of God. For to one is given the Word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the Word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all the Distributing to each one individually as he will. Did you just read what the Bible said? So where do gifts come from? Are you born with them? Can you be? You're not necessarily born with them. But you can be. Say, Pastor, prove that. Book of Jeremiah before thou was formed in thy mother's womb, I knew thee. And I ordained thee as a prophet to the nations. Can you be born with them? Absolutely. More likely and not, in the process of time, God distributes them to you. And you know something? This is what's amazing. We often discover what our gifts are In the act of service. Isn't that a blessing? You see, when we get saved, we ought to hit the ground saying, like Paul, Lord, what will you have me to do? It's not about us, it's all about Him. So, the moment that we confess our sins in confession, we repent, we receive the gift of salvation. We ought to hit the ground running, saying, Lord, what would you have me to do? Brother Jody, here's what I found out. Nobody wants to park cars. Nobody wants to clean toilets. Everybody wants a microphone. To be seen and to be heard. What did the Bible tell us about Jesus? Bible said He took on the form of a bond servant made himself of no reputation Wow In that passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians the Bible explains this that there are speaking gifts there are serving gifts there are sign gifts And they're different and distinct from natural abilities. And they completely differ from the fruits of the Spirit. So don't get the gifts and the fruits mixed up. Okay? What we understand in the Word of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. We understand. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. The Bible tells us one is given the word of wisdom. Another the word of knowledge. Again, through the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another the working of miracles, another prophecy, another discerning of spirits, and another different kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. What a God we serve today because He loves us so much, He gives the gift of wisdom, Knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. All of this in one body. So all these gifts present in the household of faith comprise or make up one body. Again, they are four the edification of the church and for the glory of God. Do you know that churches have many needs? Y'all listening? Churches have many needs. My daddy used to tell me there's always work to do on the farm. Anybody ever heard that saying? He'd say, well, preacher, what did y'all do in the winter? We cut ditch banks with a bush axe. Hello? Hello? And they'd say, Be careful, don't get cut on them reeds. Because those reeds would grow on those ditch banks. You'd get out there and get to playing, man, them things would gouge you. You're over there bleeding like a pig at the slaughter. All right? We don't do those things now. We got machinery that takes care of all that. We did preventative maintenance on farm equipment. Man, I can remember some mornings it'd be so bitterly cold, Brother Robbie. You could see your breath out there working on a disc or a plow. And my father would say, Brother Jerry, step around that side where the sun's shining. Man, if you don't think it made a difference, amen to somebody. What am I trying to tell you today? You've been walking in the shade too long, folks. What am I trying to tell you? Come on out where the sun's shining. Holy Ghost, help me just a minute here. What are you trying to say? You want to be used of God? Make yourself available. Come on out where the sun's shining. And say, Lord, if you can use anybody, you can use me. You can use me. Every Christian should be serving the kingdom in some capacity. Do you agree? Come on now, not everybody at one time. But if you're a Christian, should you be serving the kingdom in some capacity? Absolutely, churches have many needs. Well, let me hash out a few of them for you. Amen, there's ushers, there's greeters, there's administrators, secretaries, janitors, audio, video technicians, Sunday school teachers. Do I need to go on? Churches have many needs. And if you're going to be a servant of God, you need to be found serving in some capacity. I want to leave you with this thought as you're standing standing with me all over the house of God. Amen. If you don't know what needs to be done, just inquire of someone. Amen. Don't just just take for granted that it's going to get done. I can assure you right now, you don't have to be saved to pull weeds out of the flower bed. Come on, y'all. Praise the Lord. You can be a servant of God, You can be a servant of God. You can come to the Lord in the pardon and forgiveness of sin. Through repentance and confession. There is no unemployment in the household of faith. The church don't hand out pink slips. Amen. Because there's always work to do in advancing the kingdom. I said this at the onset of this service. Life comes at us fast. Be ready, be ready by knowing what really matters. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one's looking. Maybe today in some form or fashion the word of God has impacted your life. And you're standing at a crossroad of indecision. And you said within your heart more than one time that you wanted to be of service to the Lord. But you didn't know how. And you didn't know what to do. Can I see your hand? Come on, in your heart, if you said, God bless you. God bless these hands. Their hands are going up. So that lets me know that God, amen, instructed us in the right manner today. And that we've spoken a relevant word into this body of believers assembled at Harvest Church. And I want to pray with you. I want you to help me pray for others. But I want to pray for you. That when... The opportunity presents itself that you'll step up and say, Lord, if you need somebody, here I am. I'm ready. I'm ready to be used by you. If you're lost under my voice today without Christ as a personal Savior, he desires to save you. Amen. He said, I have come seeking to save all that which was lost. Don't know the Lord Jesus Christ today. There's no greater time than right now. I want to appreciate your patience and your cooperation today as we've assembled in this place together to worship God. And I want to pray over you. Our ushers are already in place. Sister Doreen is, amen, on standby. But I want to pray over you today. I want to tell you to continue to use wisdom be cautious in the face of this pandemic there are still many reported cases uh, that are being submitted daily thank god that the lord uh, has put a covering over us and we have remained healthy and safe and we want to continue to do just that it's the end of december and as god wills and the rapture doesn't take place hold our annual conference here at the end of January I want you to be praying in advance of that Amen praying in advance of that conference that the Lord would navigate us through that time of conducting our Lord's business. Now do you love Jesus? Then you need to be full time employed in his service full time employed not a sometimer. Amen, but you need to be full-time employed in the service of the Lord. Can we pray? Sovereign God, we thank you again for gracing our presence, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who has met us here today, who has, Lord, navigated us through this service. Now, God, our Father, we pray upon every heart and home as they depart from this place, retreating to their respective destinations. Lord, grant them mercies as they travel. Keep a hedge of protection about them. And as Lord, we thank all those folks for the cards and for the letters and for the gifts and for lavishing us during this special season, the celebration of your birth. We want to thank you for the greatest gift of all, your Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray these things all together. Amen and amen.